When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy. And stay safe. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Know your times. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Lots more to talk about right now. Though. Let's talk to the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. Good morning to you. Hi, hi. Hello. Lovely to speak to you. Um, right. Um, so look, life is going to get back to what we're calling the new normal. The Prime Minister has advised us all to use our good, solid British common, common sense. sense. Um, yeah. But a lot of people will be arguing about whether or not it is common sense for us to be coming out of the lockdown. Some would say we should come out of the lockdown straight away in full and some are very worried about coming out of the lockdown at all. But is this the right time to come out of lockdown, even with these limited measures, when the R transmission rate may be only just below one in some areas? Well, we think that it's, um, it's OK to have some cautious, small baby steps, as the PM called them. And uh, that, that, we think that's important. Uh, and some of the changes won't have an impact on R at all, uh, but are good common sense, like being able to exercise, um, you know, as many times as you like. If you exercise on your own or with members of your own um, household, that's a good thing for people's health. So it's, it's very small steps and then a roadmap to how we, uh, we might, so long as the virus remains under control, we might be able to take uh, further steps uh, with the dates when we hope to be able to do that but we're not promising to do that on those dates because it all depends on the, on the, on the control of the, of the virus. Uh, but a lot of people are saying when it comes to common sense, they think it's a bit strange, and I have to say I'm a bit perplexed by this, um, that I'm now allowed to drive across the country two and two and a half hours to go and see my mother, uh, who's 77 and is uh, shielding herself. I can go and visit her on my own. My husband can't come with me to share the driving there and back because that would be two of us. Um, I can't see her in her garden because even though it's a nice big garden uh, if it was sunny, but I can meet her in a park, but my husband can't come with me. And if it, my mother was still with my father, I couldn't see them both at the same time. I could sit in the car while I saw or, you know, she saw one. And I, was, I mean, it's, a lot of people are just saying, that's not common sense, is it? Why is that no, all being brought in? It, no, it's perfect common sense. And, and the reason is that large gatherings of people, even, uh, you know, even half a dozen or more, might cause problems because outdoors, the transmission is much lower, uh, but it is still some risk. And so one person seeing another and spending time together 
uh, but two metres apart, we think is reasonable and uh, safe. Uh, but the problem is that go much further than that and, and you're into larger gatherings uh, and the well, risks associated you're, Well, you're that. into three people. I mean, three people isn't a large gathering, is it? No, but the, 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 we've got to draw a line somewhere and it, this is the safest place to draw the line because it means that people can see each other, albeit at two metres and outdoors in a public place, uh, but, it, but not then that... Uh, you know, getting into larger gatherings. Okay. You know, of course, all these things are judgments, Julia. And this is why it's so important people exercise their common sense because it's actually, it, it's actually, the rules are important, but so is how people uh, behave. And that is the, that's what really matters for transmitting of the virus. Um, and people have shown such good common sense in the, uh, in the last six weeks or so during the full lockdown. And as a result, the NHS was never overwhelmed and we got the control of the virus and we brought that R rate down uh, and we're now seeing fewer new tra- cases. We're seeing uh, f- far fewer people, thankfully, dying. Um, and this is good news. And it's because people have operated with, uh, with, with good sense and people have done the sensible thing. And, and you know, we're giving people, um, the, paying people the compliment of, uh, of, of, of trusting their common sense okay. within a framework that we're setting out. I think everybody right, knows but... what social distancing really means, right? It means stay away from other people, wash your hands, keep your surfaces clean, and don't go within two metres of people unless you're absolutely happy. And as we know, as you, I agree with you, the vast majority of people, we focus on the people who break the rules, but the vast, vast majority of people, millions and millions of us, have been obeying it. But can yeah. you understand why people like Kate, who asked a question to the Prime Minister last night, she's a teacher, she asked why you know, she could go into school and teach children, you could have 15 children in a class, but, but she couldn't see her own family. A lot of people are confused about people going back to work places and people and, and sending their children back to school particularly the very youngest children and being and that being safe but not being allowed to see mum and dad at the same time do you understand why that message is with all the common sense in the world pretty confusing no i just don't and i've spoken to some of my constituents about this and they completely get it right they know what stay alert means it means stay alert to the virus it means stay alert to the fact that there are that we have to behave differently to what we had behaved like before and they understand things like that because school is important, especially for the little kids, you know, who it's very hard to teach a five-year-old or a six-year-old by, uh, by remote learning. Um, and workplaces do need to get going again. Um, and, it, you know, we, but overall, we've got to keep our below one. So there's, we can't release all these things at once. We've got to make sure that we, um, that we, we try as much as possible to get... Uh, to get the economy going, to get things a bit more back to normal, um, yet at the same time keeping a control of the virus. So that's why there's this balance of things. And they are judgments. And people do make their individual judgments and thus far have made very smart, very sensible uh, individual judgments to follow the rules. So I, I think people, honestly, Julia, honestly, my honest truth is, I think people really do get it, yes, and they really understand what we're trying to do, and they're playing their part.
Okay, look, I, yes, I, I certainly think that the vast majority of people get it far more than the Twitterati have been. I can mm. agree with you on that. But there is still some confusion. There is still some concern, isn't there? Um, for instance, lots of people are concerned about whether they are going to be able to go back to work safely. And there's a duty of care uh, yeah. from employers to make sure people can go back to work safely. But there's also a concern about its two-metre limit. Uh, lots of the countries, it's one metre or one and a half metres. Um, whether or not people are going to get the right amount of PPE uh, to go to work. Given that we haven't provided all the PPE needed by all the staff in care homes, and the NHS, a lot of concern that people feel that their workplaces aren't safe. Well, it's really important that workplaces are safe. For instance, the provision of PPE uh, in the NHS, which has been an incredibly important uh, part of our operations. It's, I, I, I'll agree with you that it's been uh, tough making sure that we get that PPE right out of the right places, uh, but that is in the vast majority of cases uh, in place. Um, and, um, and, and, and absolutely having safe workplaces is very important and a responsibility on employers and in many cases difficult. You know, it's not this stuff isn't straightforward, but we'll be coming forward with a huge amount more detail on how to make workplaces safe today. Uh, we've worked with the not only with employers, but also with the trade unions and who last night called the, uh, uh, the, the what we're coming out with. Uh, a step forward, which is good, and it's been good working with both both the unions and with employers on getting it right. So, you know, nobody's prete- pretending that any of this is easy, but the okay. principles are really clear, and what we're trying to do is translate the principles into you know, balanced judgments about what, what people okay. can do. I know, we've only, got, on I know we've only got a short time with you, but there's a big concern about both that, that more infections now in care homes and the concern that NHS was releasing patients into care homes with, who were COVID positive, who'd been untested, but also that we're not doing enough testing right now. When are we going to get enough testing so we know who's got the, uh, the virus and who hasn't and where there are hotspots? And surely we really can't be having more of a lockdown exit until we do know who's got it. Well, I, you're right. This, unfortunately, is going to have to be my last answer, and then I'm going to have to go. Uh, yeah. the, but your, uh, you know, the testing is incredibly important. We've got over 100,000 tests a day now. Uh, you know, I've built that capacity and uh, with a huge amount of support and help from both uh, the private companies and uh, the public sector and NHS and uh, universities and many, many others. Um, and that testing capacity is important. We're now testing everybody in elderly care homes, both residents and staff, whether they have symptoms or not. We're testing every single one to, uh, to try to uh, make sure we know where the virus is in care homes. Thankfully, the number of people who are dying in care homes is now falling quite sharply. Uh, it's about half what it was at its uh, peak. And that is really good news. But there is much more to do uh, to uh, to keep that coming down. Okay. So you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about the importance of testing. Hence why I made such a big deal of increasing it. Uh, and the, the reason testing is important is for a purpose, which is to get especially in, uh, in care homes, in hospital and actually in the wider in the wider population. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. On DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. It does appear that the biggest risk to people in this country of getting coronavirus seems to be either in hospital, kid you not, if you go get hospital with other problems, but also in care homes. Our most elderly and most vulnerable members of society are supposed to be shielded in care homes from the virus, but in fact it now emerges that that may be where they are most at risk. Let's talk about this all uh, with Baroness Ros Altman. She's a former pensions minister and uh, joins us now. Good morning to you, Ros. You all right? Yes, good morning. Yes, oh, I can just hear you now. Lovely. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry. Um, lots, lots, of, lots of concern about the, the, the spate of infections in care homes. And we're told that uh, when it comes to testing, that the aim is to eventually test everyone in care homes. So not just the residents, but also the workers. But we're still not there yet. And indeed, uh, residents and care workers were, were clamouring for tests for some weeks and unable to get them under the government's testing scheme. Has um, enough been done by the government to keep care workers and care residents safe? Well, clearly not yet. Um, We've been promised that there will be testing for everybody. Of course it should have happened weeks ago. And we have got a national shortfall in testing capability. That's been clear for some time. But unfortunately, the very people who were most vulnerable to this seem not to have been at the front of the queue. And I'm speaking to care homes who are telling me they still haven't been able to get their staff and residents tested. They've been promised mobile testing facilities that are hopefully going to come into the homes uh, Thursday, Friday this week, for example, but then they still have to wait for results. And even more troubling than that, perhaps, is that hospitals are still trying to discharge patients with COVID or who haven't had a test to make sure they don't have 
the virus back into the care homes. Now, yeah. we know that there's a shortage of protection equipment, and, and that's, again, a national problem. But somehow care homes who are looking after the most vulnerable group are being expected to take up the slack for the NHS when the NHS has clearly currently got huge spare capacity. Well, this is it. I mean, there was a reason at the time, wasn't there, that we you know we were expecting this massive surge. We saw what happened in Lombardy yeah. in Italy and, and the healthcare yeah. system totally overwhelmed. And basically it's saying, we haven't got enough beds, we haven't got enough ventilators, ICU. We're having to choose who lives and who dies. And, and it was untenable for us to be in that situation. And so for a lot of it was understandable. But again, quite bizarre, given that we did have the antigen test even then, we we had tests to tell whether people had the virus or not, that people, elderly, vulnerable people who were, um, oh, horrible phrase, known as bed blockers, had been um, stuck in uh, in beds in hospital but were actually released to, to care homes without those checks being made. And extraordinary that even today, I can't visit my elderly aunt in her care home. I've gone along and sort of waved through the window. We chat on yeah. the phone every other day. But I can't visit her. And yet, because so, and, and I'm I'm... I'm pretty darn sure I've had the virus and I'm no risk. I've been isolating. I'm not, I can't believe I'd be any risk to her at all. But they can discharge somebody from hospital who's either got the virus or they don't know they've got the virus into a bedroom next to hers and that's allowed. I mean, this is a level of insanity which, which is quite bizarre. Is this, is this just the government not doing joined up thinking? Or did they not realise this would be an issue? Is it that people didn't speak up about it quickly enough? What's gone wrong? Because no one's sane can think this is a good idea. I, I completely agree with you. It wasn't rocket science to know where the most risk was and who needed the most protection because the evidence from other countries was clear that it was elderly people who were already infirm and had other medical problems whose lives were on the line here more than other groups. And we knew where those people were because the most vulnerable people are in our social care system. But the problem is social care isn't joined up with NHS. And the NHS has this totemic significance for politicians. And yet when it comes to social care, it's always the Cinderella, the afterthought, unfortunately. Now, I know the government really wants to get this right now. I know that um, the Prime Minister has promised that this won't happen and the Health Secretary has promised that action will be taken and care will be higher up the priority list. But unfortunately, the guidelines issued by the, by the government still say that somebody in hospital can be discharged to a care home even if they've had a test before the result is known. So that yeah. means that they could well be positive. The care homes are trying desperately to say, we don't want to take them. And yet hospitals are sometimes insisting that they're just following government guidelines. And this has to change. We've got a regulator, the Care Quality Commission, which also doesn't seem to have got on top of this situation, partly because care homes are run very often by private companies. More than 80% of our care homes are privately operated. And even though the virus and the pandemic have hit them much harder than other areas of the economy, somehow, again, these care homes were expected to cope with sourcing PPE that 
even the NHS couldn't get and weren't part of bulk buying. And the guidelines were protecting hospitals, which, as I say, now have huge spare capacity and not protecting the care home staff and the other residents in the care homes who were being put at the kind of risk that members of the public would would not dream of taking if they knew what was going on. But unfortunately, these people are, are, are in care homes, unable to protect themselves, and the staff desperately need protection but can't yes. always get it it seems to me i mean on the testing it seems to me absolutely obvious that every single person living in a care home and uh, and working in a care home should be tested on a regular basis far more before anyone else because it's more important that those people do go to work that is definitely the essential work just finally uh, ros altman can i ask you about the over 70s you made a plea a week or two ago it's difficult to remember when the days and weeks just blend into each other over the last 50 days uh, about over 70s shouldn't be expected to be you exempt from any release of lockdown and told you stay in your homes but all the people in their 20s can go out I don't know at 52 I might have been allowed out on Tuesdays but that the government has listened to that plea and unless people are shielding for specific health reasons underlying concerns and issues like asthma or diabetes over 70s are, are also allowed to be out and about uh, and, you know make their own decisions and use their own as Boris Johnson called it good solid British common sense is that a relief to you? I am absolutely delighted that there are not special restrictions for the over 70s or any other um, older age group because, as you say, many of them are fit and healthy. If they have medical conditions, they're not going to be rushing out any way they're sensible. They know what they need to protect themselves. And the government doesn't, in my view... Uh, agree with the kind of age discrimination that those kind of rules would have implied. So, you know, I think there is no magic age beyond which people should be told, sorry, you can't go out. It's, a, you know, a country where we value our freedom and liberty to leave our homes and we value the kind of um, standards that mean everybody has the same right to their freedom unless they've done something wrong, which, of course, you know, if, if you have done something wrong and society says you can't go out or you have to be locked up, that's a very different thing. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Journalist and uh, author of The Rational Optimist, and he joins us right now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. How Good are morning. you? Good morning. I'm very well indeed. Um, I'm working from home on lockdown. No doubt you've got a job you can do uh, at, at home as well. Many millions of people can't. They're being told, go back to work if you can do so safely with the social distancing and the like. Um, uh, many argue that it's too soon to go back, but you are among those who argue that actually we do need to get back to work and probably rather quicker than the government is suggesting. Why is that? Yeah, because uh, the the lockdown is doing huge harm to people's livelihoods, not just their jobs, but also their health. Uh, people are unable to get cancer appointments and so on. So there's two sides to the coin. And all the evidence suggests that ordinary community, particularly outdoor uh, transmission, is very low. Uh, the problem has been hugely concentrated in hospitals and care homes. It's, uh, an awful lot of people have, have caught the disease there. If you take that out of the equation, and we are hopefully beginning to get control of that epidemic, uh, then it should be possible with relatively mild measures like not shaking hands, washing our hands, 
keeping two metres apart where possible, uh, having, uh, you know, all sorts of private businesses have now put up um, Perspex screens, you know, in garages or uh, shops, you see these things, so that people don't uh, breathe each other's uh, droplets and things like that. I think all these measures will be quite enough to keep us all safe. Remember, this is a disease that doesn't kill young people at all, really, very, very rarely, unless they have underlying health conditions. Uh, And so the risk is remarkably small, Uh, for most people, as long as we can keep transmission down and therefore prevent giving it to the elderly. Well, there were obviously a lot of very scary uh, numbers being banded about before we went into lockdown. Imperial College and their uh, prediction that we could, and again, this was if no measures were taken whatsoever, which no sane government or society would have done. Uh, many of us were already you know, not shaking hands and, and washing our hands repeatedly throughout the day um, but uh, before the lockdown began. But, but they were predicting something like 500,000 deaths, 250,000 deaths. Lots of predictions being made that you know, if we hadn't gone into lockdown, although you know, people are very upset about the 30-odd thousand people who have died and there may be many more to come, that actually it could have been an awful lot worse. But you're <laughs> concerned, aren't you, that having looked into the numbers on this, that, that actually... these these predictions may have been out by a very large order of magnitude. Yeah, well, uh, we've now seen some of the code that went into these models, uh, and these are from the same modelling team that that got, for example, mad cow disease badly wrong uh, and um, uh, bird flu and swine flu. Um, uh, And their job is to uh, try and run a projection of what might happen. But that's not evidence. That's not data. Uh, And all too often, we're talking about the outputs of these models as if it is data, and it's not. Uh, It's a speculative guess about what might happen, depending on what conditions you put into your model at the start. Uh, And as you say, the only ones to produce high numbers are ones where you um, uh, assume that no action is taken. But we had already taken lots of voluntary actions. The question is really whether the compulsory actions like closing schools and shops uh, added much to that or whether sufficient voluntary actions would have been enough to contain it. I mean, we now know that the really, really bad decisions we took were to stop testing uh, in March, um, symptomatic cases, unless they were in the healthcare system. uh, And that that was because we didn't have the capacity to do it. Countries that continue testing like Germany have fared much better because effectively they kept it out of their healthcare system. Uh, and, and that's you know, that's that's a massive concern, isn't it? That what's going on yeah. in the healthcare system and, and particularly the care system at the moment. Um, in terms of people going back now, people are worried about their children going back. Um, again, the, the evidence is mounting up that children in particular aren't at risk and not necessarily a risk to other people. Is part of the issue is that we are a lot of people still seeing this as as if it's just a very very nasty flu, whereas in fact it appears to act in a, this virus in a completely different way uh, from say a, a flu epidemic and. And perhaps an awful lot of us have, have not really learned how to deal with risk. We, we, we will take a lot of risks in our lives all the time, dashing across the road in front of a bus, um, you know, uh, getting obese. Uh, we know it's a massive, massive health risk. And yet people are saying they don't want to send their children back to school. I do think that, that there is, uh, that there is a, a search for sort of complete risklessness, which is, which is not possible. Um, and most of us in our ordinary day lives quite sensibly know that you have to take some risks to achieve some things. Uh, but for this sort of unknown virus, the government tried to scare us into to being very risk-averse, and it succeeded. It succeeded, I think, beyond its wildest dreams. You know, it, it has resulted in a lot of people being uh, uh, under the view that this could uh, be uh, extremely dangerous, whereas as long as we are keeping the really vulnerable parts of the population uh, safe, uh, it should be possible to control this 
uh, virus and still go about our normal lives. Uh, and uh, as you say, flu kills a lot of young people. Uh, this virus doesn't kill. Now, that is a, a blessing. Now, of course, it's mixed blessing because it is a very lethal disease for old people. It is a dangerous disease. It's not to be underestimated. Um, but uh, the vast majority are people with underlying health conditions. Uh, and if we can keep it out, keep it from them, then we should be able to uh, get society going again. And, you know, we really, really need to, to get out there and work. It's fine for me. I'm about to join a committee meeting um, from home. Uh, but for a lot of people, their livelihoods depend on being able to go to work. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.